0: Uh, it has just been a great week. I'm not going to tarry long. I'm going to just get straight right into the Word of God. And I, I want to just speak to you guys. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And uh, I'm not going to try to keep you too long today. And the church said, You guys didn't have to shout that fast. I'm just teasing. All right. <laughs> Uh, Luke chapter 8 verses 5 through 8 and we're going to be looking at a a very uh, a parable uh, in the Bible here that Jesus told and a parable if you don't know is a story that gives and it unpacks some spiritual truth and we know Jesus told some powerful parables. And this is one of my favorite parables that he, that he told. And, and it gives powerful truth to us. And, and in this parable, Jesus later would go on. He would tell the parable in front of a, a multitude of people. And then a few verses later, he would go on to explain the parable to his disciples. He would basically give them uh, 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 a commentary, per se, right there to the disciples. I don't know about you, but if Jesus broke down uh, a parable, I'd be there with, with bells on, with my eyes just listening. Listen to him tell this story. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 5 through 8, we're going to read that. It says this. It says, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Now, I want you to pay attention to this last part that Jesus says. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Will you repeat that with me? He who has ears to hear, let him hear him here. Let's pray today. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to speak today. God, as, I, as we unpack this parable, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide me. God, I pray, Lord, that you would you, let my words be your words. Lord, use me as an oracle of you today. God, I pray, Lord, that what comes from me is from you and you alone. God, I, I pray, Lord, that I get myself out of the way today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, all right, everyone look at your neighbor. Give him a fist bump and say, hey, did you comb your hair before you came to church today? <clears throat> I want to I speak to you on this simple subject of how is your hearing? How is your hearing? How is your hearing? Um, and I love that last part that Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him here when I was young, I had um, when I was probably about six or seven years old, I had some fluid behind my ears, and my my adenoids they they were swollen and they gotten so big that it trapped fluid behind my ears and a matter of fact, I, when I was young i didn 't hear very well and i didn 't realize that i couldn 't hear very well and my parents uh, started to notice that when they would call me, I wouldn't answer, or when, I, when they would ask me to do something, I would not respond. And, and in doing that, they took me to the doctor, and they checked my ears, and they realized that I, need, that I needed tubes put in my ears, and I had to get my adenoids removed, which was pretty cool. I remember they gave me my adenoids in a little 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 jar. That was pretty cool for a 6-, 7-year-old. I think my dad threw him away at one point. I'd still have them if I, I'm just kidding. And, 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 and I had to have surgery. And they told my parents when I went in for my evaluation, they said, your son has the hearing of a 65-year-old man. And at that point in my life, I was still developing my speech, and, and I, it created a speech impediment in, within me. And I had to, after I got tubes in my ear, I remember when I got done with my surgery, I came out of surgery, and my mom came in talking to me. And I remember going, Mom, you are so loud right now. Because I began to hear like I had never heard before. And oftentimes, uh, as Christians, sometimes our ears get clogged. Get clogged with the wrong things. And so, and I love the way that Jesus says this He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Sometimes we come into the house of God and we hear the word of God, but we really don't hear the word of God. Oh, that bounced off every wall in here, but that's all right. All right, look at this. Verse, verse 11 in, in, in that chapter, same chapter says this. And Jesus goes on to further uh, unpack this, um, this parable. And he says this Now the parable is this. The parable is this. Here it is. Here's the synopsis of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Everyone say, the word of God. That's what's going forth. The seed is the word of God. So the sower is the one who is teaching or preaching the word of God, and the seed is the word of God. I wish I would have brought a bag of seed today because I'd throw it out there. I'm just teasing. But I want, I want to point this out, even though there's different types of soil, we have the same sower and the same seed. In this scenario, it's the same sower and the same seed. It's interesting to me that oftentimes in church, some people will get something out of the word of God, and some people will not get something out of the word of God. And Jesus is alluding to this in this, in this parable. Same sower, same seed, different results. What does that mean? And, and can I tell you this today? You, everyone say, Me. You play a role in what the Word of God can do in your heart and life. God gives us free will to decide if we want to be soil that will take the Word of God or not take the Word of God. God gives us free, open will. Our hearts are either open to the word of God or not. So let's look at these types of soil. Here's the first one. And the, and the, the translation that I use in the ESV, it says that it's the path. But if you, if you have a King James Version, it says the wayside soil. This is the soil that, that is uh, uh, to the side. And it says this in Luke chapter 8, verse 12, says this. The ones, and Jesus is breaking down this parable. I love this. This is so good. It says, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Did you catch that? They still heard. Then the devil comes in and takes away the word from their hearts. So that they may not believe and be saved. So I want to, here's number one, point number one. The wayside soil. I want to say the wayside soil. Notice first, these are the ones Check this out. They hear the word of God, right? They hear the word of God. It says they heard, they heard, and oftentimes we come in and we hear the word of God, but it's crazy. They come in, they hear a sermon, and by the time they get to the parking lot, by the time they get home, the enemy has already distracted and came in and took what the word of God that they just got in the house. Now, how does that work? Maybe you get a phone call from somebody and it just rubs you the wrong way. Maybe your boss calls you and says, hey, you can't take tomorrow off. You got, and, and, and the enemy begins to pick at you and begins to try to get that word out of you. And the wayside person, you know what, this oftentimes happens. The wayside person comes to church. They got their Bible in hand. Uh, they have a cross necklace. But when they hear the word come forth, the enemy comes in and it snatches it before it can get into their hearts something happens to it, it's stolen from from their hearts and they they hear something on the radio or they enter into a dialogue or they, they get in a fight with their spouse and the enemy will use every device he can to steal the word of God from you. See, the scripture tells us that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and what? Hmm. And he wants to snatch the truth of God's word from you. Because there's power in the truth of God's word. Amen. Do you believe that today? And here's what we know. The enemy is a liar. Everyone say, the enemy is a liar. Stop believing the enemy. The enemy is a liar. If, if the way, wayside heart uh, would, would, let the, would not let the enemy come in and steal the word of God in their heart, they would in fact believe and be saved. Because you know how I know that? Because the word of God is sharp. And it pierces between the soul and the marrow and between the bone. And the scripture tells us that. And and it will accomplish what it's supposed to do. Remember, it's the same seed. It's our hearts. So look at this. Uh, The devil, I like this. See, the devil, he can't stop the promise of God in your life. He can't. He cannot stop the promise of God in life. But he can do this. He can harden your heart. Now this is better than what you guys are shouting. You guys are quiet today, but oh, I pray you're taking it in today. And he wants to distract and he wants to destroy that in your life. It's impossible to live a victorious life while we're embracing the lies of the enemy. Let me repeat that. It's impossible to live a victorious life for Christ when you're embracing the lies of the enemy. The devil's method is to make every effort to steal God's truth that comes into your heart. Look at this: John chapter eight, verse thirty-two, and the King James version says, "And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall." shall make you free. When the word of God gets in your heart, there's no lie that the enemy can tell you because this will set you free. I'm getting ahead of myself right now. You get freed by the truth of Jesus Christ in your life. And if you've got bondage in your life somewhere, can I tell you something? You've believed one of the lies of the enemy. say, what do you mean by that? Well... If you have some sort of bondage that the enemy has has got you in, you you believe the a lie about yourself. Some people have trouble with self image because they've believed the lie of the enemy that says that they weren't good enough and they're not they're not good and 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 they're ugly and and uh, whatever the case. When in fact Ephesians two ten says that we are God's masterpiece and He had created us to do good things a long time ago. He he's already he's already counted your days and he's already made your life and he's got good things and he's got purpose for you. But the enemy wants to come in and deceive you and tell you that you don't have a purpose and you don't have a plan. Because he's a liar. Look at this. The devil uh, does not want you to know that God loves you even though you are messed up. The devil does not want you to know that there, are, uh, that there are consequences to your sin. The devil does not want you to know that God has a purpose and an assignment for your life. And the devil does not want you to know that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again, victorious over sin, hell and the grave forever. And he has life and life, what? More Abundantly. He's the father of lies. The devil is, and the wayside person's heart hears, because their surface, the seed stays on top, and the enemy can come in and begin to pick the truth out of their hearts. Look at your neighbor. Say, "Don't be a wayside person." Here's number two: the rocky soil. Luke chapter eight, verse thirteen says this, and the ones on the rock are those who when they hear the word, receive it with joy. You catch that? They receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. Wow. In the words of the great philosopher Flavor Flav, wow. Wow. They hear the truth. They are exposed to the truth. The people in the rocky soil, in their heart, that have rocky soil, they hear the truth. They are exposed to the truth. And the difference between the rocky and the wayside soil is the rocky soil, they receive it with joy. They come into the house of God and they receive the word. I love it. I, they accept it. They are excited about it. Uh, uh, but, but the problem is they have no roots. They have no root system. Uh, Why is this important? Well, because like a tree, that's roots are not deep in the winds of life come, and and they're going to come when the wind begins to blow. How many have ever seen a tree uprooted during a storm? When, in 2011, I went, to, uh, uh, I went to Joplin, and I got to, to work on some of the relief over there. And, and the tornado had wiped out basically that whole city. And I remember seeing so many trees that had been uprooted. And, and oftentimes in our life, people with the rocky soil, this is where we are. The reason that you can't, you can't have roots and you can't stay, stand firm is because you don't have roots. And when the winds of life come, guess what? You're just blown away. You receive the word with joy. Oh, Lord, I like that, but I got no depth in my relationship. And the problem with some of us is we have surface level relationships. Woo! You look good on the surface, but you don't have deep roots to weather a storm. The rocky soil hearts are are like... (laughs) I know this is, this is stout, but the rocky soil hearts, you're like a chameleon. You change with, with who you're around. When you come to church, you change colors to fit the people at church. Then throughout the week, when you go to work, you change colors to fit with the world. When you go out with your friends, you change your colors to fit with them. They have no depth. They have no root system. And when temptation comes... They fall away because they have no depth. Uh, yeah, whew, uh, here's, here's what we need to know no roots, no depth, no knowledge of the word. Because they have no roots, they believe for a while. And when temptation comes and the testing, they begin to fall away. And l- let me give you some advice. If you keep falling away at temptation, check your roots. Check your roots. Check your roots. It's probably uh, you have rocky soil and and the word has not taken root. So so, uh, wait a minute. It it says something else about the rocky soil. Back in verse 6, Jesus, when he originally tells the parable, says this, that there is no water or there is no moisture in the rocky soil as well. There's something profound here that I want to point out. Uh, There's nothing worse than a Christian... It has no moisture or has no water flowing from their lives. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no assurance in Jesus Christ. There is nothing worse than seeing a dried up, raisin-faced Christian. No excitement about life, but you say, oh, I'm saved, but... hmm. No one wants to follow someone that's sad and dry. No one does. No one does. It's true. (laughs) And and that's not the God I serve because this is the God I serve. The God I serve, he gives us peace that passes all understanding. He gives us joy that the Bible calls unspeakable joy. And that joy ought to just flow out of you. And when you're around other people, ought to say, man, that person is just happy. And I don't know why, and you know what the secret is? It's Jesus Christ in me. Someone who professes to be a Christian, but there's no life-giving water flowing from them. Ah, you might want to check your source. Look at this, John chapter 7, verse 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers of water. What's flowing from your heart today? Is it dry? Or is there actual torrents? It says I, love, I love the translation that says torrents. That water should just be pouring out of you. Not physical. I'm talking spiritual. I'm talking about the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God. If you're dry today, check your roots. Psalms chapter 1, there, there's a great illustration here. It says, the one who delights in the Lord shall be like a tree planted by the Lord. Waters. You know why that tree's planted by the waters? Because its root system knows where its source comes from. Mm. And if you have no life giving water flowing from you, check your roots. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, check your roots. When was the last time someone said to you, there's, there's something different about you? You ever had someone do that to you? How do you? Maybe they said, "How do you? How do you stay calm during trials, the trials of life, when you go through things?" I don't don't understand. There's, there's, there's a peace about you. How, how are you holding your head up when the world's falling apart? How, uh, why is there joy in your heart, and how is hope coming from you at all times? And can I tell you this? If you're a believer in Christ, it's the source of all sources, and that's Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, man, come on, give him a hand clap of praise. The rocky soil, the rocky soil hears the word, it receives it with joy, but lacks roots and is overtaken with temptation. Number three, the thorny soil. Everyone say the thorny soil. Luke chapter 8, verse 14 says this And to ask for that, what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, oh, they heard. There are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares. And the riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. Thorn-filled soil, they hear the word just like everyone else. You notice the sower is throwing the seed. They, they see it. It's there. It's landing. It's just not taking root. And, and they hear the word. But here's the thing. It gets choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. So what are the, what are the cares? What are the cares of life? It's easy to be overcome by the cares of life. How many have some struggles? How many have some bills to pay? How many have to get up and go to work every day? How many are having trouble sometimes with your kids? How many car broke down? How many have had cares in your life? 1 Peter 5.7 says this, cast all cares upon him for he cares for you that's the word of God so so the cares of life if we're not careful we if we're not careful in this time if we look at the news and we watch the news consistently and always and I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed but if that's all you do and that's all you're worried about it will choke out the word of God in your life don't let the cares choke you out here's number two the riches Ah, riches, the pursuit of wealth. And let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. For the longest time, oftentimes in church, uh, you know, it was like wrong to be rich. And that is not that is contrary to what the word of God says. There's nothing wrong with being rich. You just can't be a slave to it, okay. So look at this. Uh, It's all right. The The riches, here's what happens. The riches, the pursuit of wealth. They want stuff at the expense of their relationship with God. Money can't satisfy. Stuff can't satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. You know what I've learned? Things that I thought I really, really wanted, and I and I and I saved up and I bought something and I really really wanted. I'll give you a good example. I really wanted to buy a kayak. And I went and I purchased a kayak and that was great. And that was, you know how many times I've used my kayak? Zero. Anybody relate with me on that? I thought, oh, I'm going to take this thing out every day. It's still really clean. There's nothing wrong with those things. Listen, those things aren't, there's nothing wrong with having things, but it's when it is in the wrong place. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Catch the order there. That's what you got to seek first. The, uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. This is not condemnation on people that are out trying to hustle and make money and have things. This is not condemnation, but this is reprioritization. It's getting the things in the right perspective. And there's nothing wrong with seeking to make money, but keep the main thing the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. Don't let the riches choke you out. Here's another one, the pleasures of life. Pleasures of life. Living and chasing after your lust and strong desire. One of the problems with our culture is many believe it's all about them. I'll give you an example. Get on social media and see how many people will share their opinion Because it's all about my opinion, it's not about anybody else's, right? It's all about me, it's all about my self-indulgence. It's about me, it's about my wants, it's about my desire. When God saves us, he takes the focus off you. He puts the focus on him and he then transforms us and then he puts the focus on others. See... Jesus would say this, the law hangs on two things. It says, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So then it's not about you. It's about loving others. Cares, riches, pleasures, they'll all choke out the word of God from producing your life. See, it didn't say that it doesn't take root. It begins to grow right alongside the thorns. But what happens are, is the thorns begin to cut it out. And these people that have a heart that is, that is thorny, guess what? They don't produce fruit. And I don't know about you, church. It's about time for us to start producing spiritual fruit and, and get the thorns out of our lives. And unfortunately, we have a lot of Christians because of this who are immature spiritually. Let me ask you this: are you in the same place you were a year ago spiritually are you Can you not quote any more scripture now than you could a year ago i'm not I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be condemn you or anything like that i 'm just saying oftentimes this is a good this is a good barometer for you to, to look at your life and, and, and to say, "Hey, maybe i 've got thorny soil because my life's really not producing fruit there's things that are choking out the word of God in my life and i've discovered that God put me through some trials in my life that that I could later put away those childish things. What happens when you fail a test? What happens when you fail a grade? You go back. Some of you keep going back to the same grade because you keep failing the same test over and over and over and over until you get it. The thorny soil leads to no fruit. Everyone say the thorny soil. Here's the last one. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. The good soil. The good soil. I want to say the good soil. Luke chapter 8 verse 15 says this. As for that in the good soil, hmm, they are those who hearing the word, you notice they hear the word too, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hear hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. It's patience. Let me ask you, what's the seed? The word of God. The seed is the same. The soil and the hearts are different. Look at this. These people, they, they hear the word of God, and they're honest or, or noble, and they have good hearts. And here's the people who stick with, with, it, with it and produce spiritually in their life. Is your life producing fruit? Is your life producing love? These people, noble or honest, it means that they want the truth. They don't pick a church or scratch uh, that, that will scratch their itching ears, but they want a church where the word of God comes forth, and if it convicts them and it rubs them wrong, they're willing to change. Now that's not popular. But let me tell you something, if, if you're going somewhere that's just scratching your ears and you're not challenged every once in a while, check, check it out. Because the Word of God, let me tell you something, I've been saved a long time, and this word still rubs me wrong sometimes. And sometimes I need to hear a differing opinion than what I've got because I have got a bad attitude and a wrong attitude and a wrong mindset. Sometimes I need to be scratched up by the words and, and what happens when the word of God comes along and, and I'm, I'm rough and it begins to scratch me and it, it, it begins to smooth me out. And it has a purpose and it has a plan. Noble and honest. And here's the next part. Good hearts. People with good hearts, they want to help other people. They want to help them love and love and they want to watch them grow. Good soil. Good soil. Operates by helping others and pleasing God. The law hangs on two things. Love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as your. That's it. Simple. And that is theology 101. Love the Lord God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And let me tell you something. If you can get that right in your life, that simple thing right there, your life will produce Fruit. They hear the word, they receive it with an honest and a good heart. And I like these, this, this group, because this group, they, when the enemy comes in with a the lie, they they ward it off. That's a lie. Devil says, Oh, oh, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never do anything good. That's a lie. Ephesians 2.10 says that I'm God's masterpiece, and he's already ordained things for me to do. Scripture says that my steps are ordered of the Lord. Scripture says, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Stop lying to me. You know why they can ward off the enemy? Because they know the word of God. There's nothing that the enemy can throw at the word of God. Because this is is the truth. There's no lie, there's no lie that the enemy could speak over you that the word of God cannot make right. Look at this, look at this. If someone is rooted and grounded in the Lord, they will bear fruit. That's it. When you're rooted and you're grounded in the Lord. And listen, when your heart is open, when you come into this house and your heart is soft and you've got a place for, for the seed to land. Let me ask you, where, what kind of heart do you have today? Is it wayside? Is it so hard that it just bounces on the path? And here comes the enemy and he comes in and, and by the time you get out the doors, the enemy's already taken that word out. Are you like the rocky soil? You receive it with joy, but you've got no root system. And when the cares of life come, you're like... Or maybe you're in the thorny soil and cares of life. And you're c- concerned about the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And those thorns are choking out what God has for you. There's no fruit in your life. Can I say today, be heart. says, hey, God, I submit to you. God, I can come in with a heart that says, I'm soft to your word. I'm moldable. I'm pliable, Lord, to what you want for me. But I think so often... One, thing, one of the things I love about this, this story is same sower, same seed, different results. You have a role to play with the fruit that is produced in your life, and it starts with a heart that is open and ready for the word of God. See, I love this because people who have good soil, they're patient patient, and they say, hey, I'm sticking with God and His Word no matter what storm comes my way. Whatever you throw at me, it doesn't matter. I am staying with the Lord. I'm rooted in Him. He is my source. You know, a true believer takes a licking and keeps on ticking. So, name of my Timex people. See, I've realized when we are honest with ourselves before the Lord, we will be changed. And it's an honest evaluation of your own heart. I know this isn't easy. and I know this may, be a, may feel like a tough, tough word. But listen, as your pastor, I'm, I'm here to challenge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to help you reprioritize your life and get things in the right perspective. I want to see you produce fruit. I want to see you win your friends to Christ. I want to help you do that. But listen, oftentimes we come in and and our hearts are hardened or they're rocky or the the cares of life choke us out. But look at this. There's two points I just want to make. Two points I want to make in this closing. 1 Peter 1.23 says this. Having been born again, look at this, not of corruptible but incorruptible through the which lives And abides forever. See, something about the seed and the word of God is once it takes root in my heart, it is there. You can't change it. Do you want to be more like the Lord? Do you want more joy? Do you want more peace? want more love radiating from your life, the key is not to be more Christ- Christ-like, your own ability and efforts, but look at this. The key is the seed of the Word of God. And you'll become more Christ-like when you allow the Word of God to continually and consistently penetrate your heart. Hmm. There's no other way. The Word is the seed. Look at this. Jesus, after this parable, will will challenge us to ponder on our lives, what kind of soil we have in our hearts. Luke 8, 8, he says this, And some fell into a good soil and and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I ask again, How's your hearing? Bow your heads with me all across this building. God, would you open our hearts today? Holy Spirit, will you do the work that you do in us, through us? God, we surrender to you all that we are, God. God, forgive us for being waste soil, God, at our hearts. When we come in at times, God, the word of God hits, bounces up, enemy comes in, takes it. We live in the same bondage. God, forgive us, Lord, for being rocky soil. Lord, we, we come in and we receive it with joy. But God, there's no life-giving water flowing from our lives, so and we have no root system. When the cares of life come, it just blows us away. We don't, we wither away because there's no life-giving water in our lives. God, forgive us. I believe this is a lot of us in being thorny soil. God, we listen to the word. God, our heart is open to the word. God, we receive it. God, there's even some growth within us, but then the cares of life choke us. pleasures of life choke us, the riches of life choke us out, but God, today let us be the good soil, I say, God, how's my hearing, how's my hearing of the word of God, today, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, I want to give you an invitation to know him today always want to give you that opportunity. You've heard me speak about these four types of soils. And let me tell you something. The the good soil comes when you open your heart to him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The good thing about this is Jesus loves you. He loves you so much he died on a cross for your sins. Scripture tells us in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We, we, we were born into a fallen system, but Jesus came and was the price paid for your sins. He knew your sins long before, and he is here to forgive you of those sins today. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, can I tell you this? God cast a vote for you. The devil cast one against you. You hold the deciding vote today. If you want to know Jesus in your heart today with no one looking around, will you just lift your hands? Anybody in the building today, I want to give you this moment. We're going to tarry just a moment. It's just be patient with me. I want to give you a chance to know Jesus this is the best decision you'll ever make. I promise you. I promise you. All right. If you're here and you say, hey, Pastor, in my life, I'm, I'm not the good soil. I'm not not the good soil. I, I need to reevaluate. I need to soften. I need the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to soften my heart. I need the Lord to come into my life, begin to throw rocks that, that are there and get them out of the way so that when the seed comes it will be rooted. God, I pray right now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would begin to convict and move and minister among the people right now. If you're here and you say, hey, Pastor, I I need prayer today over my life. And I need God to soften my heart. I need God to make me pliable again. I need God to move. And it's going to be a tough decision because let me tell you something, it's going to be humbling to you because you're going to have to humble yourself. So today you say, hey, Pastor, I, I want you to pray with me. Would you just lift your hand? No one looking around. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Other hands, come on, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Hands going up, hands going up everywhere. Will you stand with me all across this building? I want to pray over you. Lord, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for, Lord, those who are ready, Lord, to to move to the good soil in their lives. Lord, your word has the power to change us. Your word has the power to move us, Lord. Your, your word has the power to transform us. And God, forgive us for taking your, not taking your word at, at face value. Oftentimes, God, we, we don't hold it to the esteem that we should. God, forgive us for that. Lord, today, Lord, I pray for those who are struggling with the cares of life. Maybe worried about finances. Maybe worried about... Self pleasure. I, I I don't know their situation, but God I I pray Lord that you would help them to get those thorns out of their lives. God, Lord, that seed when it comes forth would be planted, then fruit would come from their lives. Fruit like love. And from that love come joy, peace, patience, long suffering. God, those who are struggling in their lives, God, maybe with temptation. Maybe they feel like they're part of the rocky soil. God, I pray, Lord, for strength for them. God, I ask, Lord, that you would help them to get the rocks out of their lives. God, so your word can take root. Lord, for those who are the wayside, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just soften their hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we pray, Lord, we believe. Can you lift your hands and just worship him?